Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dowd. And I'm Reagan Gilliland. And we're reacquainting with Reagan after <laughs> many different guest podcasters. Good to see you back. Thanks. Good to be here. Uh, this is Offscript, a podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on last Sunday's sermon, talk about the theology behind it, and get a chance to discuss anything that ended up on the cutting room floor. Of course, I'm excited to get started today. It is Advent, and I have, as I showed Reagan and Ashley, my... Christmas um, socks. Santa socks. Those are great. Yes, thank you. I have it, a collection. Okay. You didn't come in with your usual Christmas mug, so I was worried. Where was the Christmas? <laughs> my, my, well, my Christmas mug's over in my office. Okay. I had it this morning. Okay. You know what? It might even say comfort and joy on it. It definitely says joy on it. Anyway, that's relevant because our sermon series is... Comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. But first, there are some details to uh, to take drop up from Thanksgiving. Yeah. So Thanksgiving, you were on a Disney cruise. I, uh, we were on a Disney cruise. Yes. So it was awesome. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm, it was. But you said there's no pumpkin pie on, on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So we left. Well, we we left. Uh, we flew out on Sunday evening. Stayed in Orlando. Got on the boat, the ship, maybe mm-hmm. you guys would call it. Um, midday on Monday. We were at sea on Monday. Sunday. I mean, sorry, Tuesday. We went to Nassau, and we had a sea lion encounter. Have you seen the pictures from the oh, sea lion encounter? I forgot to go look. They are phenomenal, and those are only a, a sampling. Uh, and then on Wednesday, we were at Disney's private little thing in, in the Bahamas called Castaway Key, which was awesome. That was kind of a beach day. Thursday was an at-sea day, which are my favorite kind of days on cruises. And uh, it was amazing. The food was great every day. <clears throat> of course, they had a special menu on Thanksgiving. And uh, it was turkey the whole nine. Whitney did not get the traditional. She got cod wrapped in bacon, <laughs> which looked pretty good. But, yeah, pumpkin pie was not on the on the dessert list. Pumpkin cheesecake was. It was shocking. Then we got back on Monday. So that, that ship normally uh, has a capacity of 4,000. Their COVID capacity is 2,500. And there are only 2,000 people on board. So it was pretty awesome. And they were real, real strict on their COVID protocols. So they had like, when you had, you know, dance parties with mm-hmm. characters and all that, they had dots on the floor that you had to, <laughs> your family had to stay on the dot, which was six feet away from other people. Whoa. Inside you were masked. When you were in the theater, it was every other row and you had to see, sit at least to, you had to have two empty seats between you and the family next to you. I mean, they were pretty strict about it. Okay. Had to test course where you got on. Nine. Yeah. So. It just blows my mind. I'm like, well, there's only 2,000 people on this boat. I'm like, that still seems. But I've never been on a cruise, so I have no concept of. Yeah. It's really a great way. I, I, I mean, I'm a Navy guy, so I love being on the water. I had a great picture from our stateroom. Did you see it? It was on my Facebook page. Sun, uh, moon, The moon rises mm. over the ocean. Um, and Encanto was shown on the ship. The day before it came out, anywhere else, it's, it's, it it's amazing. It yeah. is amazing. My my expectations are so low mm-hmm. for Encanto, but it's Lynn. You know, Slim Manuel Miranda. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and it's it's phenomenal. It was it was uh, almost as good as Coco. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Best and the best movie I've seen since Coco animated. Yeah. Hmm. What did you do on Thanksgiving? Napped. I did nap. Thank <laughs> goodness, because I napped during the Cowboys game, so I only had to watch two hours of that hot mess <laughs> rather than four. Okay. Um, all right. Let's talk about our the sermon yesterday mm-hmm. in our series. So, as you said earlier, our series is called Comfort and Joy. With that, what's bringing you comfort right or joy right now, Chris? Just Christmas? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Everything yeah. about the season. Yeah, yeah. The house. So we traveled, and then we had – and right before we traveled for Thanksgiving, we had this crazy schedule with uh, Max's band. So believe it or not, the or- the ornaments were not on the tree in our house. So the tree's up. Still? No. We got some – we have about half the lights on the outside of the house. So, like, it's this uh, – Every day we add some decorations around the house, which is, you know, that's awesome. Uh, the trip was phenomenal, as I've mentioned already. Um, we have not watched our first Christmas movie yet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Chris, I mean, the, yes. I'm on like number nine. Come on. Uh, well, uh, yes, this is very <laughs> out of character. Uh, but it's been entirely – having a freshman in high school is no joke with his schedule. So normally we go Elf. Christmas, vac- <laughs> Christmas vacation always is in the – that was Whitney's family's favorite mm-hmm. one growing up. We always have to watch the one that's on TV, not the one that's on Oh, video. parent fail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then what else? So on the deck of the ship, the Disney Dream, which is where we were last week, we watched Mickey's Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. And I have a fun fun fact. I have a mug. Here's something that brings me joy. Okay. We have a whole collection of Christmas mugs that mm-hmm. come out this time of year. Yep. And it's the only thing I drink out of. And <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there's Same. one that I have that is Mickey's Christmas Carol. And it's got uh, Mickey as Bob Cratchit and then Scrooge McDuck, I guess, as Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not Donald. It's Scrooge McDuck. It's Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Um, I got that cup. It's a little smaller than my normal cups. I got it in 1988 when I was a freshman in, in college. My How first cool. Christmas away from school. I mean, away from home. Mm-hmm. And they, they sold it randomly at the bookstore at Notre Dame. So I bought one. And I've been drinking Christmas blend coffee out of that for however long that's been, 30-some-odd years. Yep. That's awesome. Mm. How about you? Um, have we watched Christmas movies? No, Comfort and Joy. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean everything. Um, I'll say uh, my daughter's getting her second COVID shot today. Mm. That brings me comfort. That's big. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's huge. Sam got his on Saturday. Um, today is the first day he's not worn a mask in school since the pandemic started he was wow. very, very happy about that yeah mm-hmm. so yeah just the whole season that's a good it's a good time i love it yeah and the joy the the decorations at church are amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> the sanctuary looks phenomenal yep all the lights and everything yeah. i love the i love the wreaths in the sanctuary that are on the the balcony Behind, now yeah all yeah, lit yeah. up yes. so awesome and are we gonna have the smell machine going we're gonna have the smell machine okay. going excellent Yep. Been difficult to locate this year. The smell machine mm-hmm. inserts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Been really hard. But we do have some cardinals hidden around the church uh-huh. that everyone needs to keep their eye out for. And what does a cardinal mean? Um, well, in my family, we um, believe that when a cardinal is nearby, angels are nearby. Do you believe in the bell ringing, Angel Gets His Wings? Uh, yeah. <laughs> From yeah. my favorite movie. Oh, yeah. My dad's favorite movie. It's a good movie. Is that a shot? Are you, t- you call- is- is trying to- Ashley's reminding me that I'm the same age as her father, <laughs> that I'm slightly older than her father. It's an- it's not a shot. It's a fact. <laughs> oh, yeah. You love that movie. My dad does, too. My dad Old-timer. does, too. 
<laughs> you old people just love that movie. movie. How's my, the gout doing, old timer? <laughs> my dad would say that is his favorite movie. Probably that or Princess Bride. Two solid choices. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's got good taste. Oh my gosh. Who's in charge of this interview? I don't know. Y'all, we have a new, I got like 10 questions. Okay. Golly. Okay. So you started your sermon and you talked about, first of all, you hated on Josh Groban. I did not hate on Josh Groban. I, I love his voice. 11 o'clock. What did like, I say? You're like, he doesn't know any better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. That was an unintentional shot. See, this is why I very rarely go off script. I love when you go off script. It's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. 11 o'clock, I'm like, what's he going to say? Yes. Um, but my mom's going to be mad about that. She loves Josh Groban. So. <laughs> well, he made a theologically very not astute choice. That is, I never noticed that. But now, Did you go back and listen to it? Um, yeah. And I was like, oh. He's, gonna, he it, picks up in the middle of a verse. Like, like what are you doing? Yeah. It, explain this for the crowd. Okay. So my favorite Christmas carol is Oh Holy Night. Mm -hmm. And the point that I made in the sermon is I'm hot and cold on pop artists um, doing covers of Christmas carols mm -hmm. because typically they only do the first verse or two, if, especially the old school ones. And, like old artists, you know, like the 1950s artists or whatever. Like ones when you were a kid. When I was, right? was young. When I was <laughs> young. Yeah. Uh, and so, and what the specific case that I brought up was Josh Groban on his very wonderful Christmas album, Noel, which is probably my favorite Christmas album. Okay. Probably. Although I've got some other favorites mm -hmm. I can throw out there. He sings Old Holy Night. And, it, you know, dude's got an amazing voice. And he leaves out the first half of the third of the verse that's my favorite verse. Truly, and he does not say, "Truly, he taught us to love one another." His law is love, and his gospel is peace. How do you leave that out? Like that's the whole point of the. He picks up with chains shall he break for mm. the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. That second half of the verse makes less sense when you don't invoke Jesus in the first half. Yeah, yeah. And so this is comment. Yeah, pop stars will leave out. I guess entire verses or sections. Yeah, yes. You know who else did that? Who? So uh, Aaron Burr. Was Leslie Odom. Yeah, Leslie Odom did a Christmas album last yeah, year. Yeah, it's a great album. It's a phenomenal album, and he does not sing that verse. He sings Oh Holy Night. Dude's got an amazing voice, and he does not sing that verse. Mm, he man. based it on Josh Groban. He just he, listened to that. Josh Groban is his favorite, Oh, apparently. man. Josh Groban, mm. we're coming for you. <laughs> we're going to get you. <laughs> Strike one. You your curls. You're gorgeous, <laughs> flowing gorgeous locks. Flowing locks. Oh, okay. Anyway. Okay. We were in Luke. Were we Luke 1 or Luke 2? Yeah, Luke 1. Okay. I was, oh, oh, my goodness. Did I know. you really ask that? I just so asked Luke that. So Luke 2 begins with the Christmas. That is yes, the Christmas Yes, thank you. Sorry, Luke I've been looking two, at my Christmas Eve sermon, and I'm like, okay. So I'm in my head at Luke mm. 2. We work ahead here at Christ United. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> um Okay, so I don't know about you, but especially the Christmas story. I mean, do you have this, like, imagination? You envision how it happens in your head. I'm just curious, like, this, when this angel comes, speaks to Mary, like, do you picture how it happened at all? That's a really, that's a really interesting question because I, I probably did have a, a thing in my head um, before I went to seminary, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, about how it happened. But, um I mentioned in the in the sermon the nativity story. So I came out in 06. Poe Dameron, by the way, is Joseph in that movie. Do you know oh. that? Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. He's in there. I'm pretty sure he's Joseph. <laughs> um, so, I, and I was a youth minister at the time. So we took our youth group to see that in the theater. And it was so good because yeah. it really gave them a much, like, we've, we sentimentalized the story so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we hear it through the lens of what happened subsequently, especially as, as a Catholic kid growing up. I mean, Mary is, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, I was going to say exalted. That's not really exactly the word, but she's certainly, um, revered, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I mean, she was a kid, mm-hmm. 13 or so. And she basically violated, like her pregnancy would have violated the contract, the betrothal contract that mm-hmm. her father had made with Joseph in this very patriarchal society. So she could have been stoned to death f- for this pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what what I thought that so that's part of it. The other thing the nativity story does really well is show the brutality of the Roman Empire, and so um, I, I think I think part of what I described in the in the sermon, like the emotion in the Church of the Annunciation, of walking from ground level with you know brilliant mm-hmm. architecture. I mean, it's everything you would expect of a church in the Holy Land. The Church of the Nativity is not, by the way, its simplicity really is very theologically closely aligned with the simplicity of the Christmas story. That's a whole different thing though. So walking down to this cave where she, where tradition says she was, um, it's just the, the distinction between what the church became and how this, how the incarnation began is really striking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm all in on the church, right? Obviously I'm, right. I, the church's institution has its flaws, but I think it's a really important witness in the world. And so I, I'm, I'm all in, I, I love the church, but this, the distinction really is quite striking. And what I love as I was getting ready for the sermon, I would look through all kinds of uh, artistic depictions of the Annunciation because it's, it's a, it's a favorite of mm-hmm. artists throughout history, not just in the classical period. And, um, the one that I settled on for the last part of the sermon was where the angel's kind of towering over her. Yes. And she's on the rooftop mm-hmm. as opposed to a cave. You know, everybody's got a different idea because the text doesn't tell us right. uh, where she is or what the setting is, whatever. Um, and I thought that really, that the second picture the image that we use in the sermon was probably closer to how she was feeling. Like, oh my God, mm-hmm. are you serious? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I always wondered, like, if it was this, because I always envisioned in my head that the angel's this huge, bright light. And I'm like, didn't other people, like, see it in the mm-hmm. town? <laughs> like, this bright? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my imagination, you know, thinking, like, okay, how did. Mm-hmm. So did it happen at day, in, in the day or at night? I always so I always envisioned <laughs> it at night. Right. Because, so, of, because of the Christmas story. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting how people picture it in their but heads. But it's not. Like, it doesn't say so. Right. And, and the nativity story is not in the evening she's kind of off to the side and, and it almost appears yeah it's really fascinating how people d- depict it mm-hmm. so i was just curious if you had something in your head and um okay so do you think mary in that moment do you think mary was just overwhelmed awestruck or do you think she had a lot of questions what do you do you have any i don't know if you're to... man this has a lot to do with your theology of mary and mm-hmm. what she means and um, I think it'd be good to 
at some point circle back with what mm-hmm. uh, Stephanie did yeah. in her service uh, in modern. Okay. Because she, she kind of focused on the fact that Mary asked a question of the angel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How can this be? You know, like she's bold in that yeah. moment. But I, and this probably um, betrays my, my Catholic upbringing, but I always have focused on the obedience at the end. Like the, here mm-hmm. I am, here am I, the servant of the Lord may be with me according to your word. I, I pray that every morning. It's my prayer, my personal devotionals every morning. Um, so I, I'm sure she had a billion questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mary's a, just a fascinating character. You know, she's, um, she doesn't get a lot of airtime in the gospels in general. Luke gives her the most. And I, I it's a, I think she, I think it was a both hand. I think mm-hmm. to answer your question, I think she, she had questions, and she asked one of them. Um, but in the end, she was willing to go along. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how, how do you read it? Because you preached on the same text last year, right? Yeah. So, I'm trying to think what I even said last year. So much has changed. Um, I don't know because I had to write the devotionals, and so I was yeah. I had to do them this for this week and. Um, I just thought like, that should be a plug, by the way, if people are not getting yeah, the devotionals, if you're not getting the devotionals mm-hmm. you'd sign up for them. But I was just thinking, okay, did she really just have a lot of, just a thousand questions, but she was just like somehow the overwhelming piece of the Holy spirit that she was just like, okay. <laughs> like she asked her one right. and she told herself, okay, whatever the answer is, I still need to say mm-hmm. yes. You know, I mm-hmm. don't know. I've just kind of played around with in my mm-hmm. head a mm-hmm. little bit as I've been thinking about that. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great, great story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's say an angel appears to you with news like this. <laughs> First, you'd probably be like, wait, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> I am going to have a baby. <laughs> How can this be? <laughs> How can this be? Hmm. Do you think you would be like someone that asked a lot of questions or do you think you'd be? <laughs> um, I mean, if it was kind of, uh, well, if it depends on what emotion the angel brings out in you. Right. So if yeah. the angel brings out your natural like if if your your natural inclinations are heightened by mm-hmm. the appearance of an angel, then yeah, I'd ask a million questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but this otherworldly being appearing out of nowhere and asking, uh, who knows? <laughs> that's a really good. That's a really good. I'd be immediately worried about my sanity. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, oh yeah, it's finally happened. <laughs> I'd probably say some words that I can't say on. Finally the cracked. I gotta, I gotta call my therapist. <laughs> Right. I need an Blake. emergency appointment. <laughs> well, you've seen, so Ashley sent this, uh, sent the, um, what was it? It was a TikTok, yeah. but like what an actual yeah. angel is uh, described in the Bible, like the wings with the, uh, the hundred eyes and everything. And yeah. it was like, I made, I made my, uh, biblically accurate, uh, Christmas tree topper angel. <laughs> and it's this horrifying googly eye wing mess. <laughs> I was like, let's put this all around the church. I know. When you ask that question, oh, all I can think about is Midnight Mass. And mm. it's just... <laughs> oh, oh, that's yeah. a show. Yes, yeah, a yeah. show on Netflix. It's scary. <laughs> Not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Okay. So you did mention the sermon that if you were asked the congregation to name angels, they'd probably say Gabriel. Yeah, I'm not sure any others would come to mind. I mean, depending on... I think there's only three that are named in, in the Bible. What are they? I don't even know if I know them. I, th- I think this is right. So I, I didn't do the deep commentary dive okay. but i did a kind of quick uh, review of my notes and all that so gabriel is named twice once okay. in daniel uh, well in two places twice in daniel and twice in luke okay. in the first chapter <clears throat> uh michael mm-hmm. is named in 
both Jude and I believe Revelation. Okay. And then Abaddon is the one Noah remembers from yeah. uh, Revelation 9. Okay. And I don't believe any other are named. I mean, it's uh, there are other archangels in the tradition, and there are like seven archangels that correspond to the days of the week, but that's all in the tradition or in the Apocrypha and not in the Protestant Bible. I think that's right. I think I think it's only three. Okay, what's the third one? Ab- what Abaddon. Abaddon. Just looking for baby names, so <laughs> oh, I'll write that excellent. one down. <laughs> option. Because baby Gilly is not. Baby is, he, Gilly. is it going to be Gilly? I, it could be Gilly. Little Abe. <laughs> little, little Abe. Little uh, what? Abe. Abaddon. <laughs> Just call him Abe for short. Abaddon. Uh, okay. Huh. That'd be, a, be a conversation starter. <laughs> it would be. I'm named after Revelation 9, the angel of death. Did your parents not love you? What's, what's going on? The Look, third, there's the someone child. out there. There's someone out there. <laughs> okay. So do you think that people were expecting someone like Mary to get this honor? Why or why not? The honor of what? Of carrying God. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody was expecting God to be born. Okay. I don't think anybody was expecting. Like, there's there's nothing um, that anyone was expecting about this story. Okay. I would say. So, the Messiah, the Messianic expectation, mm-hmm. that's kind of a separate conversation. Okay. So, the, the Messiah was expected to be a conqueror. But, mm-hmm. you know, Messiah leaders had come from humble origins before. I mean, David was the runt of the litter. Mm-hmm. Um Sometimes you get the kings that look like they're from central casting, like Saul. <laughs> that didn't work out very well. Uh, so there were various messianic figures even in the first century. And leading up to the first century, who people thought were going to throw off the Romans. But as far as God becoming a human being, this is a totally unexpected thing. So I, in that regard, I think it probably makes sense that God would come to a totally unexpected mm-hmm. person in an unexpected way. Because um, it wasn't. The Messiah was just going to be a guy, a person, you know, mm-hmm. a guy for sure, um, but a human. So, no, there's nothing there, like this is the thing. We read this story knowing 2000 years of tradition. And so we focus on, um, you know, the character of Mary or the reaction to Mary or whatever, which all of which is highly like that draws our attention but sometimes it's easy to overlook the fact that the whole thing <laughs> was entirely was insane this is a, this is a crazy crazy idea that god would become a human being and through god's incarnation ministry death and resurrection would redeem the world mm-hmm. and it's all here in the first chapter of luke i mean it's all kind of laid out in the first chapter of luke just in these gorgeous three passages that we're reading throughout advent so it's and the annunciation this week um, in two weeks, I'm going to be preaching on the Magnificat, but next week, actually, Stephanie's going to preach on the Magnificat because they're doing their lessons in carols in modern on a different day than we are. So I think we're going to have Stephanie come and, and, uh, do a, do the podcast next week with you yeah. about that. But then we're going to do the, um, uh, the Benedictus. So the, the story, the reaction of Zechariah to his son's birth, John the Baptist's birth in preparation mm-hmm for Jesus and all that theology. Oh gosh, it's just so good. The whole, I mean, the first two chapters of Luke are brilliant. They're some of our most important stories and, um, they bring me comfort and joy. <laughs> boom, boom. Mm-hmm. There it is. How's that for a circle back? That is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you kept, refer- you uh, referenced a lyric from, it came upon a midnight clear. Could you say what that is? Funny story. 
Okay. Most people. Uh, so the Nora Jones version that mm-hmm. I referenced is it came upon a midnight clear. Mm-hmm. The hymnal is it came upon the midnight clear. So oh. here's a question. Okay. Does it make a difference? An uh or a the? Because uh, the is like more specific, right? Right. The. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do. I, I do think it nuances it a little bit uh-huh. when you change the article. Yeah. I for some reason I had Chandler's voice in my head. It came upon a oh, midnight clear. <laughs> That's all I could think when I was trying to like say it in my head. Um, but yeah, interesting. Uh, versus the. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, did I interrupt your question? No. What was the question? So, what lyric was it that you oh. were? Yeah, it's the third verse. And we sang all four. We did. Which now that I know about pop stars taking stuff out and all this stuff, I'm like, man, we I guess we do need to sing every verse of every song because we may leave out the most important So, one. yes. Mm. So the nah, no, that's true. Don't don't hate. So the my youth my uh music minister at my previous church always called the last verse to get into heaven verse. <laughs> Because it's always the eschatological, it's almost always the eschatological verse. So if you skip that, yeah. or if you miss some of that, like there's in a lot of uh, songs, there'll be like the introductory verse, and then there'll be like a penitential verse, like a confessional verse, and there's like a kind of a like a bummer verse, and then there's the get into heaven verse. Yeah. So the the bummer verse in the came upon the midnight clear, um, and you beneath life's crushing load, whose forms are bending low, and that really looked. That's perfect for that image. Mm-hmm. Um, who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow. So not everybody, like the holiday, the, the, what I did with that was life in general, holidays specifically, aren't always Buddy the Elf, everything's mm-hmm. awesome. Or mm-hmm. me, everything's right. awesome. And then the second half of that verse is, look now for glad and golden hours come swiftly on the wing. Oh, rest beside the weary road and hear the angels sing. Like... Yes, it's not great for everybody, but it's still good news for everybody. Hmm. It's so good, right? Yeah. It's a great verse. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever done a sermon series just on, like, the lyrics? Uh, I, yeah. 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 We did one at Lover's Lane years ago, but it'd be interesting. On classic ones or on modern ones? I think we did a maybe a mixture, hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. But, no, it is interesting. There's, I mean... You just sing these songs every year, yeah, and you don't right. you don't pause. You're just right. like blah blah blah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you like you pull one out, and you're like, oh my gosh. I mean, there's so much great theology in so many of these, and then some of them totally screw it up. Like there's one, there's one, <laughs> there's one. Um, which song is it? I think the first Noel mm-hmm. messes up. Like who when the when the star appears to whom and like i think i think that's true but um i think it's the there's one i think it's the mm-hmm. first call mm-hmm. um low how a rose are blooming mm-hmm. is, is great i love that one that's one of my favorites uh and then there's another melancholy one we haven't sung it yet but oh come oh come emmanuel tells a whole basically recaps the whole prophecy of the messiah great version of oh come oh come emmanuel is sugarland really mm-hmm is that a country band? It is a country band. Huh. Yeah. I don't, know if I, I don't know that. Okay. Is there, uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about this more in the coming weeks. So is, is there a song that you have to hear on Christmas Eve? I mean, probably Silent, Silent Night. I get um, so overwhelmed. Uh-huh. 
I like cannot cry. In one year, my husband was trying to be like, we weren't in service. We were just in, the, and he was like trying to be funny. And I got so mad. At him. I was like, this is my moment. Like, mm. let me have my moment. <laughs> I was mad at him. Anyway. But yeah. Silent Night. Is yeah. Probably it. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. I do love that one. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's a pretty special perspective from the chancel, too. Mm-hmm. I love this part of your sermon. It says, it's towards the end, but God absolutely desires to work through every single one of us to reflect the light of God's love in a world that desperately needs it at the close of the year just ending. God calls each of us to be bearers of the gospel of God's son. Yeah, man, that's like, that is that is the theology of the incarnation. Like mm-hmm. that is, well, that's, that's incarnational theology. Like mm-hmm. that's what, so God became a human being. That's what incarnation mm-hmm. means. And then we are the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so just as, not just as, but Mary is called the God bearer, which I love mm-hmm. in Greek, Theotokos. I mean, in a, in a sense we are as well, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, that's a awesome I guess burden in some mm-hmm. regards, responsibility, honor mm-hmm. <laughs> that we get that we have a part to play. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I don't know if you, I go back and forth where sometimes I feel so separated or disconnected from like Mary and Joseph. You just think of them as the you know the Holy Family, yeah. yeah, and you just think, well, I'm just not, I'm not like them. They're so you know they're up on this pedestal, whatever it is. But this, that part of your sermon just reminded me. But in fact, we are exactly like them. But we're like them. But I think (laughs) a lot of us are like, oh no, I'm just average Joe, whatever. And you're like, but they were average Joe. (laughs) That's the point. Yeah. But I don't know what it is. Why is that struggle? I guess because you just know yourself too much that you think, oh, I'm so flawed. I'm so whatever that you think. I can't do that. But it's like, no, God like calls us into this. Like you you bear this. I don't know. I mean, that's the story, but that's the story of the whole Bible. Yeah. And then, it, and then it becomes just like the whole, the whole Christmas story, the whole story of the incarnation begins with that begins with a human being flawed mm-hmm. on like unexpected mm-hmm. edge of society, no business getting pregnant, mm-hmm. <laughs> being the one who bears God to the world. Uh, it's just oh God, it's so good. Yeah. There's so the, the reasons I, the reasons that I love this time of year are theological. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's all the sentimental stuff and it's all the kind of fun stuff around Christmas. That's true. I love all that too. I mean, I'm a giant kid when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> but 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 the reason all that is so awesome is because of the theology underneath it. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. God right. knows what God's doing. Yeah. All right, we have like a few more weeks of this, so we should probably pace ourselves. Pace ourselves. <laughs> pace yourself. I'm kidding. I'm getting worried about you over there. <laughs> um, I have plenty of uh, Christmas-themed socks. Great. Ties. Uh-huh. I've you gotten, got a new one, didn't you? I've gotten two this season. All right. There's only so many I can wear. I yeah. only wear them once a week. <laughs> so there's only four Sundays in Advent. <laughs> okay. So next week, well, this upcoming Sunday, Lessons and Carols and Traditional. Yeah. Modern will still have a service. Yes. And so she's going to do the, Stephanie is going to do the, um, Magnificat okay. this coming week. Lessons and Carols is going to be amazing. There's only going to be two services, 945 and 11. 
no 845 service. Mm -hmm. So if you show up at 845, you just get to hang out in the beautifully decorated narthex. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the sanctuary will be locked because yeah. Jason likes Jason to. Jason will lock it. He'll lock it because he likes to. Look for the cardinals. Mm -hmm. Look for the, the cardinals. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. There's some Sunday school classes you could visit, mm -hmm. right? I'm sure they'd love to have visitors. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, and then two weeks is uh, the, the Magnificat. So that's, well, we'll talk about that when we get mm -hmm. there. Yeah. I was like, pace Benedictus. yourself, Chris, come on. And then Christmas is, what, 26 days away? Is that right? 27. 27 days 27, away. I think. No, no, 26. Oh, it is 26. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 26 I days. get some gifts. Which means 25 <laughs> yeah. days from the best day of the year. Mm-hmm. All right, friends. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Off Script. We'll be back next week. Uh, actually, Stephanie and Reagan yes. will be back next week. I'll be back with you in a couple weeks. Uh, God bless you. Have a terrific week. We'll see you on next time on Offscript. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Offscript. It was hosted by Reverend Chris Dowd, produced by Ashley Danner as a part of the Christ United Podcast Ministries. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.